turn there, Ezekiel chapter 47. And we're going to be reading the first five verses of this passage. Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 through 5. And today I want to be ministering on the subject of there is more. Mm. There is more. (laughs) I said there is more. Hallelujah. There's more. There's more. Ezekiel 47, begin with verse 1. If you're there, give me a good amen. Ezekiel writing as the Lord gave him this great revelation of the millennial temple. He said in verse 1, Afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, that is, the temple. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house and at the south side of the altar. Then brought, me out, then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without the, unto the utter gate by the way that looks eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man who had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. And he brought me through the waters, and the waters were, waters were to the ankles. And again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters, and the waters were up to the knees. And again, he measured a thousand and brought me through, and the waters were up to the loins, that is, the waist. And afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's where God's bringing you to today. I said, that's where God's bringing you to today. Hallelujah. He's bringing you to a river that cannot be passed over. Waters to swim in. To the ankles, to the knees, to the waist. And a river that cannot be passed over. Again, I want to minister on there is more. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you today in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you, Lord, for the moving and operation of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that, God, you're preparing, always preparing us for great things, for more. And I ask that, Lord, your anointing would rest upon me today to speak clarity of thought and speech. And, Lord, let your anointing rest upon us here in this house and those watching by television or listening by radio, I ask you, God, that your anointing would rest upon them to receive, that God, your word would be made real by the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, we say it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. You know, as I begin this message today, I want to say something, and I Believe that those of you in this house would already know and already know what I'm about to say or have an understanding of it, but I just want to say it just in case. Because sometimes as a minister, you have to say some things just in case. And I want to say this from the very beginning, that when today, when I say that there is more that God has more for us and God has more for you as his child, 
First of all, understand this. When I say that there is more, I do not mean by that that there is more beyond the cross. And why do I say that? I say that because it is, it is thinking, it is, uh, you could even say maybe common thinking among believers today, at least in general, and even many ministers that take the approach that in order to mature in Christ, in order to grow in the Lord, you have to go beyond the cross. And that is wrong thinking completely. And some ministers will even try try to use Scripture to support that wrong thinking. Scriptures like Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1 that will try to use that Scripture. But when you see the whole context of the book of Hebrews you'll realize that the book of Hebrews is not written about believers going beyond the cross. It's actually talking about believers leaving the old and clinging to the new. It's about believers leaving the law as a means of righteousness, especially that, but also leaving the the blood of bulls and goats and clinging to the blood of the Lamb. And so, when I say there is more today, what I do not mean by that is that there is more beyond the cross. Because the reality is this, that if you go beyond the cross, that is what Jesus did for us at Calvary. If you go beyond the blood of the Lamb, then you don't get stronger in Christ, you actually get weaker in Christ. You don't get deeper in the things of God or the things of the Spirit. You actually become more thin in the things of God and the things of the Spirit. But when I say that there is more, that God has more for us, what I mean by that is this, is that there is more in Christ. Hallelujah. There is more in what he did for you at Calvary. There's more the benefits of Calvary. There's more power of the Holy Spirit. There's more love. There's more of him that God wants to take you to, and God will take you to if you follow the man with the line in his hand. If you follow Jesus, if you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, he will always lead you to more, more of him. Mm. more of him, more of the power of the Holy Spirit, more of his love, more of his grace, more of his peace, more of his victory, more of his righteousness. Mm. Jesus said it in Matthew 5 and verse 6. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after what? After righteousness. For they shall be filled. Today, God has more for you. Hallelujah. You've only scratched the surface, brother. You've only scratched the surface, sister. God has more for you. Hallelujah. Glory. Pastor, God's got more for you. Glory. I'm not talking about the material things, even though it includes that, but it primarily speaks of himself. And when you have Jesus, I tell you, when you have Jesus, you get everything. Glory. Hallelujah. 
When you get more of Jesus, I tell you, everything else comes along with Jesus. He said, seek ye first himself, his righteousness and the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. Glory. Ezekiel saw the river, and that river was a type of the Holy Spirit. Water up to the ankles. Water up to the knees. Water up to the loins. Eventually a river that could not be passed over. And that's the place that God is leading every single one of us to. That's the place where God is leading this ministry. He's leading us more and more into a place where the Holy Spirit has complete control. He's leading you more and more into a life where the Holy Spirit has complete control. Where the Holy Spirit doesn't have to shout to get your attention. He doesn't have to shout to get my attention, but he can just whisper. And you can hear in the midst of a storm, you're so close to him that you can hear his still, small voice. Mm. Mm. I don't know about you, but I want to hear his still, small voice, even when the racket of life is going on, even when the storm is around me, even when I hear the screams of other people and my old flesh is crying out, I want to be close to him, that I can still hear his still, small voice, that I can sense his heartbeat. All he has to do is just guide me with his eye. Hello? He said that in the book of Isaiah, he said, I'll guide you with my eye. He wants us so close to him that all he has to, look, all he has to do is just look. Mm. I don't know if some of you are getting that. Oh, you got it. Come on. You, we got some parents in the house. You know what I'm talking about. All you got to do sometimes with your children is just give them, the, just look, just look. I'll tell you what God wants in our life. He wants us so close to him. He wants us in the river so much, in the river so much in in our lives, so much in control of our own lives that all he has to do is just look. All he has to do is just whisper. All he has to do is just pull a little bit. And here we go. Glory. Here we go. So sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know how he does that? He does it in this way. He does it by our faith and our dependency being anchored in Jesus, in him. He is our source and what he did for us at Calvary, that our dependency in the cross is not just some head knowledge up here, but it's a knowledge that's gone from our head into our spirit. And we just, it's not just something that we can recite with our mouth, but it's something that I'm stepping out every day. Oh, I'm living the cross. Hallelujah. Oh, like Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. And you're really living that every day. It's not just words out your mouth, but you're living that. And he's living in us. Hallelujah. I said he's living in you. The closest to him. John the Baptist said it this way in John 3 and verse 30. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. 
Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. It's not me, myself and I. It's not my ego that's in control. It's not me that's in control, but it's him, it's Jesus that's in control. He must increase and I must decrease. Tomorrow, he must increase and I must decrease. The day after that, he must increase and I must decrease. Mm. The day after that, less in me and more of him. Hallelujah. Next Sunday, next Monday, next Tuesday, next Thursday, he must increase and I must decrease. Less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. Hallelujah. You realize that the more that you're in the river and the river's in you, the more, the deeper you are, the less control you have. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I said the deeper you are, the deeper you are, the less control you have. The more shallow you are, the more control you have. But God is taking us into deeper waters. I said he's taking you into deeper waters. Hear me today. The only way that God's work can be done in your life, the way that he fully intends, is you got to go deeper. Glory. More. 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 Hallelujah. Paul said it this way in Philippians 3 and verse 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his sufferings, that I might be made conformable unto his death. Less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. Hear me today, the, re, the, the moment you and I stop pursuing after him, The moment you and I stop wanting and hungering and thirsting after more, when we begin, when we stop hungering and thirsting after more, what happens is that we become dead, dry, cold, and formal. We become more cold and dry and formal in our in our relationship with the Lord, and it becomes less of a relationship, a living relationship, and becomes more of a religion. But God hasn't called us to religion. He hasn't called his church to be a cemetery. He's called his church to be a living body. Hallelujah. A living body, the body of Christ. Not the statue of Christ but the body of Christ in which there's life that's flowing through us. Hallelujah. Life flowing through us. It comes by our faith being anchored in him and our, us allowing that faith to be expressed in a pursuit after him. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Awesome verse. If they're able to put that up on the screen, that would be wonderful. Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14, where Paul said this. He said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are ahead. 
Mm. And he said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Mm. I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. I want more of him. Mm. It's so simple. I just want more of him. I want less of me. I want more of him. I want less of me, and I want more of the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, and sometimes, and this is just the tendency of our own flesh, myself included, the tendency of our own flesh is to go from resting in Christ, of which we're supposed to do. God's called us, and that's where the joy is. That's where there's liberty in life when we, as Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, he said, come unto me, all, that, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm, he said that. Resting in Christ. His yoke speaks of his work. Again, his yoke speaks of his work, and the reason why his yoke is so easy is because it's a finished work. He's already done it. Hallelujah. He's already won the victory. He's already defeated Satan on your behalf. He's already defeated sin, your sin, on your behalf at Calvary because you couldn't do it yourself. And we are to just rest in that. And I tell you, that's where God wants every one of us, just to rest in him. But hear me, the tendency of our flesh is to go from resting in Christ and what he's done for us to sleeping. Sunday again. Oh, oh, here we go. Glory. Yeah, the cross. Yeah, yeah. But hear me. That is the tendency of our flesh. Not your neighbor's flesh. Your flesh. I'm preaching to you. It's a tendency of our own flesh. We are understanding the cross. All of us are growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the most liberating knowledge there is. Growing in knowledge of what he's done for us at Calvary. And we're resting in him. But again, the tendency of our flesh is for that knowledge to go from here just to here. And when the knowledge goes from, from being in your spirit and, you're, and from going from living by faith, and now you're just living by what you know about faith. Hello? And again, it's the tendency of every one of us. The tendency of our flesh, we get in life, and, and life hits us, and we get to the routine of life, and we're just going through the motions. You know what I'm talking about. We're just going through life. Going through life. It's another day. It's another day going through life. We can go from the tendency of resting in him to sleeping. And Paul said this. He said this in Romans chapter 13. He said, awake from your slumber. 
For now is your salvation nearer than when you first believed. Awake from your slumber. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 26. He said, watch and pray lest you be overcome by temptation. Be, Be watchful. Be spiritually alert. Be on guard. Hallelujah. Glory. Be hungry. Be thirsty. There is more. There is more in Christ that he has for you. Hallelujah. I said there's more. You mean I can rest in Christ and pursue him all at the same time? Yes, you can. Hallelujah. I said, yes, you can. I tell you, the Bible tells us to sit, that we are seated in Christ. It tells us that we stand Stand fast in the liberty that you have in Christ. He says we walk in the Spirit. Paul said in Hebrews 12, run the race that's so set before you. I tell you, we, we're resting, we're standing, we're walking, and we're running all the same. You can do it all at the same time from that position of rest, pursuing after him because there's more. There's more. You know that thing that you thought was absolutely impossible? Not only is it possible with the Lord, but God can even do more. Mm. I'm going to say that again. I said, you know that thing? You know that thing that you thought was absolutely impossible? Maybe it's not even entering your mind because you've completely dismissed it. You've completely dismissed it. It is absolutely impossible. Ain't going to happen. Not so. That thing that you thought absolutely impossible, I'm telling you, God can not only do it, but he'll do more. I said he'll do more. Hallelujah. He'll do more. God's got more for you today. Hallelujah. More the power of the Holy Spirit. More of his love. More knowledge of what he's done for you at Calvary. More of the anointing. More of himself. More grace. More, more, more. Hallelujah. Glory. He's inexhaustible. You know, when we got saved, we were baptized into Christ. It has nothing to do with water baptism in Romans chapter 6, but it has to do with Jesus himself spiritually. We were baptized into him, baptized into his death, baptized into his burial, baptized into his resurrection. We were placed into Christ, and you remain in him. You know, in Christ is like, Christ is like a large, a huge house. A huge house where you can't see. It's so big that you can't even see the walls to your left and right. It's so high you can't even see the ceiling. Jesus is so big. Mm. He's so big. I tell you, when you and I settle, you and I do our hell, or do ourselves harm, and we, I think we even displease the Lord when we say, you know what, I really like this right here. I like this little section of Jesus. 
I love it. I want my own. I know I I have that, and I know I have that, and I know I have all that in Christ. But I'm content just with this right here. Get that. Get this. You got more. You got more, brother. You got more, sister. Hallelujah. Well, I can only receive. I'll only go as far as I can see, I can hear, and I can feel. Paul said, walk not by sight, but walk by faith. He told Abraham, Abraham, look up to the sky and count the stars. Hello? Count the stars. And if you can count the stars, Abraham, you can count your seed that shall come from yourself. Mm. Israel, God's got more for you. Don't settle for less than what God has given you. I said, don't settle for less than what God's given you. Well, if I, what if I hunger for more? What if I press in in prayer? What if I seek the face of God for more and God doesn't give it to me? What if God doesn't do what I have been asking for him? Let me tell you something, Ephesians, if your heart is set upon the Lord, David said this, he said, delight yourself in what? In the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And the whole, that whole context meaning that our delight is in him. And if you're delighting in him, he will give you the desires of your heart himself. But not only that, I tell you what, uh, there's a verse that's become one of my favorite verses, Ephesians 3 and verse 20, where Paul said this, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. You delight yourself in him. And he'll not only bless you, but he'll give you more than you could imagine or think. (laughs) Let me ask you, do you believe that today? Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God's got more for you? Hallelujah. He's got more. There's more anointing. There's more power of the Holy Ghost. There's more blessing. There's more of him. There's more people to be one to Christ. There's more. There's more work to be done in you and through you. There's more. There's more. There's more. Don't settle for the little. Don't settle for a little. Ask big. Ask big. As big, glory, as big. Mm. Hallelujah. You are a kid in a candy store, can't get enough. I tell you what, it's a, the analogy breaks down after a while, but I tell you what it's like in Christ. It is like a kid in a candy store. You are God's child. The difference is he's not giving you just sugar that's not good for you. He's giving you meat and potatoes. Hallelujah. Glory. 
He's given you food that's full of protein. That's going to build your spiritual muscle. That's going to fill you to overflowing. Hallelujah. That will bless you. Do you believe him? Do you believe him today? Hallelujah. He said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Not just that, but again, he said, I'll even give you more above and beyond we could imagine or think. This vision that God gave to Ezekiel, of course, was of the, as I've already said, was of the millennial temple. You and I right now today are waiting, are waiting for the rapture of the church. And just in case you didn't know, it could take place today. And you and I will go from being tired in the body to being empowered. I tell you, with the the power of the Holy Ghost, we will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. You talk about power. That's coming up. It could be today. We caught up with the Lord to meet the Lord in the air. We'll experience our resurrection. That's going to happen soon. After that, shortly after that, the Bible tells us that the Antichrist will come on the scene. And his spirit, the spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well in the world today. It's working in the world today. It worked in Paul's day, and it's working even more in our day right now. The spirit of the Antichrist. And after the rapture of the church, at some point, it could be a month, it could be several years, we're not told in Scripture, but the Antichrist will sign that covenant with Israel for seven years, according to Daniel 9 and verse 27. And there will be peace in Israel for the first three and a half years. It will be a counterfeit peace. It will be a deceptive peace. But yet there will be a, quote, peace in Israel during that first three and a half years. At the midpoint of the tribulation period, according to Daniel 9, 27, he shall break that covenant with Israel. He'll bring an end to sacrifice and offering. He'll go into the rebuilt temple and declare himself that he is God. In the second half of the tribulation period, all hell will break loose for Israel. Two-thirds of Israel will be killed. You and I are going to be in heaven, by the way, at that time. But during that seven-year tribulation period, it's called the day, the great day of his wrath. And God has not appointed us unto wrath, but unto salvation. At the very end of the tribulation period, the Bible tells us in Revelation 19 that Jesus Christ will physically come back to the world. He'll be riding a white horse, according to Revelation 19. And you and I and all the righteous will be following him riding on white horses. (laughs) Get ready to ride a horse. Glory. But that won't be the exciting part. The exciting part is that we're following Jesus. So if you've never ridden a horse, get ready. You're going to ride a horse one day. It will be... A white one, and, and, and if you fall off, don't worry about it because you'll be in a resurrected body. You won't get hurt. <laughs> mm. The Bible says right following that second coming of Christ, 
The battle of Armageddon will take place. Christ will be doing all the fighting. All you and I will be doing is just following and observing. Really just like we're doing today. All you and I are doing today is just keeping our eyes on Jesus, just keeping our eyes on him, and he's done all the fighting for us. Hallelujah. And all we're doing is just thanking him. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For fighting the battle for me. Glory. God, you've already won the battle. You've already taken care of all of my needs. That's all we're doing. But then following the battle of Armageddon and Satan will be cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. That's going to be wonderful. And during that thousand-year spans called the millennial reign of Christ, the thousand-year reign of Christ, a millennial temple will be built in Jerusalem. And this is what Ezekiel was seeing. And when he saw it, he saw this river of life that was flowing from underneath the threshold of the temple. Mm. And it's very interesting that when you study the book of Ezekiel, going back to chapter 40 of Ezekiel and reading all the way, studying all the way through 47, going back to chapter 40, what God did with, with Ezekiel is he gave Ezekiel specific details about the millennial temple. I mean details about it. Details even about the, in some respects, even of the ornamental design of some of the aspects of the millennial temple. God gave them specifics. But when it came to the part of the revelation of the vision where, De, where Ezekiel saw this river of life, again, a type of the Holy Spirit that flowed, that will literally flow from the millennial temple during the millennium period. When he came to that portion of it, there was only one piece of furniture that Ezekiel saw in the temple. Only one piece of equipment that he saw. And we see it in verse 1, at the end of verse 1, where, Dan, where Ezekiel said, and this river flowed from under the threshold of the temple. He said, from the south side of the altar. And the altar is a type there, the altar burnt offering, it's a type of the cross. I said, a type of the cross. And what God was showing us in type form is that the power of the Holy Spirit flows from what Jesus did for us at Calvary. It, flow, it comes from God, but it flows through the altar. Hallelujah. I said it comes from God, but it flows through the altar. You want the power of the Holy Spirit? It flows through the altar. And this altar right here is important. But it's not speaking of so much this altar right here. It's speaking about the altar. It's speaking about what Jesus did for us at Calvary. That's where the lamb was slain for you and I. Hallelujah. And that river was flowing from the threshold, flowing from God's throne and flowing through the altar. Mm. It's awesome how in John 19, when John the apostle was there, observing the cross, and he saw that Roman soldier take the spear and pierce the side of Jesus. John said, out came, what, blood and water. You want to be close to Jesus? I tell you what, when you and I get close to Christ, when our faith is anchored to what he did for you at Calvary, I tell you what, you'll experience the blood, the power of the blood, and the water. Mm. They go together, the cross and Pentecost. 
I said they go together from the heart of Jesus. The cross, what he did for us at Calvary, mm, the power, the blood of Christ, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. And flowing with that was the water, the water symbolizing the Holy Spirit. They go together. I said they go together. Baptists over the years are non-Pentecostals, Baptists, Episcopalians, Presbyterians over the years historically have tried to preach the cross without the Holy Spirit. And the Pentecostals and Charismatics have had the tendency to try to preach the Holy Spirit without the cross. But hear me, they go together, Baptists. They go together, Pentecostals and Charismatics. They go together, the blood and the water, the blood and the river of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The cross, it is finished. And Pentecost, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I don't know about you, I think I do know about you, but I want it all. I want it all. Hallelujah. I said, I want it all. I want it all. If he paid for it, then I want it. And brother, he paid for it all. More than your eye can see. More than your ear can hear. More than it's even entered into the heart of man. God has things prepared for you on this side of glory and in glory that go beyond your comprehension. He's got more. And God, Ezekiel saw that vision. He saw the man with a line in his hand. That man is Jesus. That man is a type of Christ. He's the one that does the measuring out a thousand cubits at a time. Get this, if you follow Jesus that he'll take you forward. It's that that right there, the the, the ankle deep and knee deep and loins and waters to to swim in. It shows the way that God works in our life. He moves progressively in our life. I said progressively. Progressively. Here a little and there a little. Here a little and there a little. I don't think we can handle it all, all at one time. The Bible says in John chapter 3 that John the Baptist said of Jesus that he had the spirit without measure. God, it's like that word measure literally means like a measuring cup, an instrument of measuring something. And God didn't use a measuring cup when he gave the Holy Spirit to Christ. There was no need for one. But with you and I, there is. I've heard Brother Swagger say this before, that we couldn't handle it. That if he gave us that same anointing, just boom, just like that, that our head would get so big we couldn't fit through the door. We'd be walking like this. Like, God. My head's so big. Couldn't handle it. And so God gives us little by little. But hear me, when I say little by little, I mean, let me say, He's always leading you to more. More. First of all, He said it was 
he measured out a thousand cubits, that's 1,500 feet, and he measured out to the ankles. That ankle deep water is a type of you and I getting saved. You and I getting saved. When you and I got saved, we stepped into the river. Mm. With one step of faith, you stepped off of the shore and you stepped into the river. Hallelujah. And you got ankle deep water. Hear me, ankle deep water, that step of stepping in the river and being baptized, being placed in the Spirit. It is and placed in Christ. It is the greatest miracle that's ever taken place in your life. You weren't in there before, but now you're in there. Hallelujah. You weren't in before, but now you're in. You're in. Hallelujah. You're in. Ankle deep. It's wonderful. It's a whole lot better than standing on the shore and not being in the river at all. Hallelujah. But get to sometimes as believers, sometimes believers settle for ankle deep water. Well, I'm in the river. I'm going to heaven. That's it. I'm comfortable. I am comfortable with ankle deep water. I can splash and, whoa, look at this. Look at, man, I can splash and just have a good time. And I'm in the river. And I'm going to heaven. I like the comfort of being in control. Hello? It's comfortable to the flesh to be in control. I like being in control. I like being in ankle-deep water. I like it. Because I'm going to heaven, but I can still, you know, operate in the way that I like to operate. Be careful. Be careful. But hear me today, ankle deep is a type of being saved, and that's the greatest thing that you and I could ever experience, ultimately, is being saved, the miracle of salvation. But hear me, there is more in the river that God has for you. There's more in Christ, more in the Spirit that he has for you. Ezekiel saw the man with the line in his hand, and he took him up to knee-deep water. That knee-deep water was a type of two main things. It was a type of an ongoing relationship with Jesus that manifests itself in a prayer life. Right here. Hello. I don't mean necessarily physically on your knees, but it symbolizes a prayer life. Ongoing relationship. Seeking him in prayer. Depending upon him. Mm. Like a song, there's one song that says that you stand the tallest when you're on your knees. And you're depending on him. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I need you, Lord. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day, Lord, our daily bread. Lord, forgive me my debts as I forgive those who are indebted to me. Lord, lead me not into temptation. But deliver me from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. An ongoing relationship and prayer. Let me just encourage you with this today. You need a prayer life. But let me say it this way. You get to have a prayer life. We get to talk to God. <laughs> we get to talk to him. 
Ask him, Lord, I need this. Lord, I, I need you. I love you. Lord, you get that ongoing prayer life. But those needs also are symbolic of the believer going on to the baptism with the Holy Spirit. The baptism with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Once you get saved, God has called you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Hear me? God's called you to experience that. It's a gift. It's a command, but it's a gift. It's a gift that God commands you to receive. Here it is. Take it. I want you to be blessed with it. The baptism with the Holy Spirit. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. The baptism with the Holy Spirit. He followed the man with the line in his hand. The man with the line in his hand followed him and, and, and led, went out more, a thousand cubits, and went up to water up to the waist. And that water up to the waist is a type of, it's a procreative section of the body. It's a type of you and I taking the gospel all around the world. Taking the gospel, Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Preach the gospel. Take the gospel all around the world, making disciples of all men. Take the gospel. You mean, Brother Bob, I'm not a preacher. It doesn't matter. If you're not a preacher, you can still live the gospel in your world that God's put you. And you can support those who are called to a pulpit ministry. Hallelujah. Taking the gospel. Water up to the loins, ankles, knees, and waist. Finally, as he followed that man with a line in his hand, that man with a line in his hand, Jesus took him to a water, a river that could not be passed over. Waters to swim in. Mm. Waters to swim in. And hear me, when that water, when you're in the water that, that deep, You are not in control at all. But the river is now in complete control of you. The farther you are, the deeper you are, the more control the Holy Spirit has. Mm. And when you get, as you follow the Lord, as you get to that point, I tell you, the river is now controlling you. And you're going wherever the river goes. If the river goes right, you're going right. If the river goes left, you're going left. If the river speeds up, you're speeding up. If the river slows down, you're slowing down. Wherever the river goes, that's where you're going. And it all flows through what Jesus did for you at Calvary. Hallelujah. This ain't some dead, dry, formal thing. This is a living thing. A living thing. Spirit of God. Take control. Singers, musicians, come back, if you would, please. Spirit of God, have more control. Have more control. Lead me, Lord, and I will follow. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Paul said this in Ephesians 5 and verse 18. He said, be not drunk with wine, which is dissipation. But he said, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And filled means this, it's, it means to be saturated. It means to be influenced, greatly influenced, that now the river, 
this, this new wine. The Holy Spirit is your influence by it. Be not drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled, be influenced, be saturated. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that word filled is in the present tense, which what that means is this. It means be filled and keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's for the young and it's for the old. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. The key is just believing, yielding. Just like when a person gets baptized with the Holy Spirit, the key is just believing. It's already paid for. But when the Holy Spirit begins to move, what do you have to do? The Holy Spirit's not going to force your mouth to speak, right? He's not going to rake you a robot. But it's still you. But now you just yield. You just obey that leading of the Spirit. And you speak. It's the same process in every area of your life. The Holy Spirit moves. It's not necessarily an emotional, it's not, the, the emotions are not always there, but the knowledge is always there. The faith is always to be there. God, you've given me grace. Lord, let me just be sensitive. Lord, take control. Lead. Fill me, Lord. Mm, fill me. Stand to your feet if you would, please, today. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Do you want more today? Do you want more? I'm here to tell you God has more for you. He's got more. He's not limited by your limitations. Did you hear that? I said, he's not limited by what limits you. If you believe him, he'll go beyond what you can imagine or think. Go beyond it. You can't even go there. It's beyond your physical sight. It's beyond your ear. It's beyond your feelings, your emotions. It's beyond what your heart can comprehend. He's got more waters to swim in. If you want it and you want him, and you believe him, I'm telling you, brother, telling you, sister, he's going to take you deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Hallelujah. Deeper. <laughs> deeper. Hallelujah. This afternoon, I want to do this as an altar call. Today, if you just say, Brother Bob, I just want more, then I just want you to come. Just come. In reality, that's every one of us. This altar can't contain all of us. And if you can't get here right where you're at, I tell you, just want more. I just want more. I'm telling you, if you want more, he'll give you more. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, come on. Just begin to cry out to him. Lord, fill me, Lord. Fill me. Fill me, Lord Jesus. Fill me to overflowing. Let that river take control of me, Lord. Lord, take control less of me and more of you. Do it, Lord. Do it in the name of Jesus. Do it. Thank you, Lord.